Hi, and welcome to the Complete Dissonance Podcast. Today, I want to do a kind of more personal follow-up on alienation. My first two episodes that were co-hosted with my friend John were about alienation. And we got into the implications of alienation in um, the work context, as well as uh, with regard to psychology. And uh, today I want to talk about kind of my experience with alienation as a diagnosed ADHD or so. I am diagnosed with both autism and ADHD. So before I get into this, I need to put out a disclaimer that some of this will be based on my personal experiences, of course, but then I cannot speak for other people who are diagnosed with ADHD or either autism or ADHD. So please take this with a grain of salt. Don't see this as something that claims to be universal because it's not. And let's jump right into it. So let me start with um, explaining a bit what um, my trajectory was because um, ex- well, differences in individual experiences also depend on when one is diagnosed and um, how understanding one's social environment is family and friends but also the workplace so for me I wasn't diagnosed until later in life in my 30s Um, and I I had no idea because I had the typical like wrong idea of what autism and ADHD might be meaning that I had very little knowledge at all Uh, so what I knew was well the the current stereotypes I didn't ever imagine that I could have autism or ADHD it never crossed my mind until very recently um what i did know is that i was a very shy child i was very withdrawn and i didn't speak to strangers i was the scaredy cat let's say except with people i knew and uh, i did the info dumping thing which is if you're not familiar with what autism is uh, info dumping well the word mostly conveys the idea of what info dumping is so you are very excited about something and you dump information on someone else because you are very passionate uh, about this topic and you want to share it because it's a way of showing appreciation of the other person like Look at this. Look at what I discovered. Isn't that amazing? Um, So these intense interests are called special interests. 
And that is something I would do. And I would do a lot of stimming behaviors. So self-stimulating behaviors. Like I would chew on, on pens. I would um, spin a lot. And uh, I was a very fidgety child. And then I was kind of dreamy. I would like be absorbed by my music or my books and um, I was a bit of a loner like I, I did play with other children and I think it's because of my my sister that I would just participate and play with um, other kids in the neighborhood um, I don't think I would have taken any initiative myself because I remember first day at school I was really scared and I didn't want to talk to anyone and my father kind of played the matchmaker with this other girl and said oh look at her she's smiling at you and that was kind of an icebreaker and then she she became my friend and then she moved away and it was hard for me to lose a friend and then make new friends well I was very very young at the time it was kindergarten so um but yeah I kind of already remember this like feeling of awkwardness of of being unwanted and there are other factors that created that kind of uh, feeling I had about myself but but it's always been there. It, it's been there from very early on. And um, I had no idea why I was like that. It, it just felt like I couldn't approach other people. Not because I didn't want to be with them. Or not because I didn't want to talk to them. But because I felt like they wouldn't want to talk to me. Why would anyone talk to me? I was the weirdo. Well, there were some other kids at school that were probably more overtly quote-unquote weirdos than me. So I was still doing fine. But there were some signs. Like, for example, I'm very noise sensitive and... I used to hate the firecrackers that the boys would throw um, on certain occasions and I would hide in the bathroom and there was this bully who would just throw them into the bathroom on purpose to, to scare me. But it wasn't super terrible, let's say. It could have been much worse, I guess. but. Also in adulthood, I always felt like the odd one out. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I didn't know why. And I just thought, okay, I'm weird. That's also the narrative that I was being told by my family. Um, my family is quite dysfunctional. Um, I don't... I won't go into any more detail here. But I kind of also believed that... I was, well, I was made to believe that I was unworthy. So being convinced of that as well, I 
didn't question whether I could be autistic or have ADHD also because I didn't know anything about that I didn't really know what it was the little information I had on it was very stereotypical information so because of being the odd kid I never felt like I belonged also in my family like my my parents and my sister I was kind of the black sheep so alienation was very much real I was disconnected from others for reasons I couldn't understand and if we think about what alienation is um, this disconnectedness from society from from community it makes sense so I was very much this disconnected person and I still am I'm not saying that this has well I'm, I'm not saying at all that this is a problem I have solved and maybe it's not a problem and that is the point I want to address today with this episode because I started figuring things out when I had physical symptoms that had no explanation like chronic pain, chronic dizziness, uh, digestive issues, um, tinnitus, hot flushes and other symptoms Um, and they would change like they were these um, Yeah, like like wandering symptoms. But most of them lasted for months or even more than a year before they turned into something else and no medical test revealed anything. And I thought I was dying because I had symptoms that could have been something serious really it was very scary and it took a while before it led me to autism and it was more like a coincidence i'd say because well i thought about adhd and my mother like 20 years ago she mentioned she thought I could be autistic but I was very mad at her at the time because again I didn't know anything about it and it felt like an insult I just didn't think about it anymore but it was still lingering in my mind it wasn't completely gone and then I started considering maybe I could have ADHD because there were symptoms and I didn't base that on a TikTok video, right? So that's that's not how it happened and it barely ever happens like that. It's months and months of research. It, it's not like you get up one day and you say, oh, hey, I saw this video and 
I self-diagnose with ADHD or autism now because I saw this one video. It's, it's not how it works. You, it, there's a long period of questioning and, and doing research. Um, and then when you see that um, a lot of it applies to you, you um, dig deeper and then maybe you seek out a professional. And that's what I did. And then, well, my first therapist she completely dismissed me <laughs> and invalidated me in a quite violent way because she obviously wasn't trained at all in in autism or ADHD she framed them as diseases which um, they are not um, they are neurological differences. We can argue whether they are disabilities or not, but for me, it's the world that is disabling. I don't feel like I am disabled because when I go into a hyperfocus, for example, I can be very productive. I get completely absorbed by what I'm doing if I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And if I have a special interest, I give it my all. It's this all or nothing kind of thing. But my main problems are sensory issues and social issues. Although I'm, I have learned to mask and I can hide it quite well. What this means is that other people may not see it from the outside. But I can still feel it from the inside. That is the main point. It's not something that you see so easily from the outside in each and every case. Because it's a spectrum and everyone is different. And you cannot tell from looking at the person from the outside. That's also not how it works. Um, so you could look at me and say, well, you're completely normal. And again, what is normal? Normal is an arbitrary definition of what humans are supposed to be. There's no natural law that would define what kind of human traits are acceptable and which ones are not. Like the very intense world we live in is very draining for people who have sensory issues like people with ADHD or autistic people but not only there can be other reasons why you have sensory issues or all the social expectations are very much based on these norms and they can be quite draining for everybody but especially for us and these expectations stem again from our capitalist system so we need to be in loud places like a big store for example is something that is very distressing for me and i always feel sick because i'm overwhelmed with all the sensory input i'm getting and if i don't make a list of what i need as soon as I walk into the store, I completely forget. And this also happens in smaller, like medium-sized stores, like grocery stores. Oh, I'm talking about grocery stores. Um, 
I don't even go to other stores anymore. I order everything online because it's just so much less stressful for me. So even in a medium-sized grocery store, I forget what I need. If it's a large store, very large store, I feel sick like in my stomach. Um, I get tummy ache because I feel so overwhelmed and I need to leave. Um, and I forget half of the things that I needed. If I don't make a list, I oh, there's always something I forget. <laughs> it's, it's just inevitable. And I don't have the like ADHD also makes me not have the patience or attention span to go through all of these shelves. So there are two factors here that make it difficult. And then the other thing is that going to big events, for example, like festivals, concerts, it's very difficult as well because there are too many people, it's too crowded, too much noise, loud music, different sounds at the same time it can be very distressing um that fireworks is just the worst anyway um when that therapist dismissed me i um registered with the national agency let's say in my country that does the diagnosis and the good thing is it's paid but the waiting times like anywhere else are very long so i got on their waiting list and then they told me that i could also do it with um, a private expert that was recognized by by them so i could get diagnosed by a private psychologist if i got medical confirmation i do work a full-time job so luckily i could afford to do it it still took roughly a year and during that year that led up to my diagnosis of both autism and adhd which were diagnosed at the same time by the same person i really wanted to know because i thought once i know i can belong i can understand myself and that is such a relief and that is true it is empowering at first in the beginning you feel like oh my god this is a blueprint for my life experience that is how i felt when i did my research so this is a blueprint for my whole life experience and there's nothing wrong with me i'm just different from that arbitrary constructed norm and i don't need to beat myself up all the time for being my socially awkward sensitive self so there's this sense of pride that comes with it that sense of empowerment and you, you and you start understanding things that you had no explanation for before like for example why didn't i like certain textures like why 
um, or synthetics such a nightmare on my skin? Why can't I eat certain foods? Why could I not bear any kind of soft, repetitive touch? So I could finally make sense of so many things. And there I went <laughs> with my new gained pride, thinking I could be unapologetically myself because that is what I read and heard as well from the international artistic community like on social media and, and they were like not one TikTok again but looking at many experiences I don't know how many posts I, I read, how many podcasts I listened to, how many YouTube videos I watched. And all of these experiences helped me relate. And I thought, oh my God, finally, I know where I belong. But this is a, an international online community. So in real life, it's not that simple. If I say, oh... I'm just gonna unmask whenever because I don't owe anyone a mask. Yeah, I don't owe anyone a mask. But unmasking, like my claim at being myself unapologetically again and unmasking is not a free pass for being a jerk to others. And I can be very blunt and I sometimes offend people without wanting to. But I have a certain capacity to understand that I cannot just be mean under the pretense that I am autistic and ADHD. Because the reality is far from that. It might work in autistic and ADHD online spaces or even real life spaces but real life spaces are pretty rare um but it's not how it works in other situations where you are with a group of neurodiverse people including neurotypical because neurodiverse includes neurotypical people so even the most understanding of my friends can sometimes not relate to the way I'm feeling and I don't expect them to but of course they expect me in a way to well, react and act like others like neurotypical people or holistic people holistic means non-autistic it's not always on their mind right when they talk to me they cannot think about how things impact me differently all the time. I cannot expect that. So as much as I wanted to have this clarification and own the label in the beginning in order to make sense of my experience and, and finally accept myself, a little after my diagnosis, I had to learn the hard truth that it's not that simple because people are not necessarily ready to cut you some slack they will judge you like a neurotypical person regardless or 
they will hold you up to certain norms unintentionally i'm not saying it's intentional but we all have this indoctrination we all have this way of being socialized that makes us think that certain kinds of i don't want to say behavior because like behavioral therapy and things is like it's very violent also to to like pressure neurodivergent people into normative behavior but let's say that anything that is outside from this norm is not commonly accepted and we all have that kind of bias that includes myself because i am not every autistic person um i am not every quote-unquote disabled person so other people might act differently from me and i might be judgmental absolutely um, i cannot claim that i never judge it happens it's unintentional it's uncontrollable sometimes but we can of course be mindful about our biases and correct them and learn to be more forgiving with others again in in real life this is not what happens and people also dismiss my experience because they don't see it they claim it's not there like my family claimed it's not real they claimed i was making this up because they never saw the issue i had good grades at school and that was enough for them they thought everything was fine and i never felt like i could talk to them so how would they know although my mother apparently had a doubt but then she she of course denied it when i tried to talk to her um so they completely dismissed me and, and gaslit me and there are also other people who say well you are productive why would you take medication for your adhd you don't have a problem but the thing is i go into hyper focus and when i go into hyper focus yes i am very productive and i work really fast in those moments but there are also moments when that is not possible where i just stare at my screen why i can't think and there are many moments that just go by where i can't do anything it's like i'm completely paralyzed I'm, i freeze and i can't do anything and i cannot focus no matter how how hard i try but they don't see these moments because i can make up for them and then having a nine to five desk job which i do is hard because doing time is very difficult to do for someone like me because i have to work when i i have the the energy i have to work when i have the i am in the right mindset and it, that can be any time it's like d dictating <laughs> that i have to be productive and creative between nine and five is deeply alienating 
as well because it's just not the way my brain functions like for example i had to write something i was asked to write something just before going on leave and i i only had one day to do it but if you want to write creatively then i guess other people can relate to to that not just autistic people or people who have adhd but creativity doesn't happen on demand you don't press a button and creativity just flows well at least for me it doesn't work like that so i told my boss i cannot do it now i'll do it during my leave and my boss said oh no i don't want you to do that you don't have to work during your leave and i appreciate her intention i i appreciate that she wanted to respect my my free time however i had no ideas at that very moment i just wasn't inspired and my my brain couldn't come up with anything because i couldn't force myself to focus it was just before the winter holidays i was exhausted because the year had been quite tough and i just couldn't make it happen anymore i had no energy left for this so i have to say i need a break first then i can think about it and with a little bit of time i will come up with something it always happens like that i always find something but and i i could find something like very basic even under pressure but it wouldn't be anything creative the quality wouldn't be there so it would be something half baked and i i don't want to do that because i'm also quite perfectionist so these expectations these normative expectations of how we are supposed to work or are very draining for me as a diagnosed ADHD -er. and then the other thing about work is that the label gives me the right to get disability statues to work less but the stigma of it makes me not want to get it because i feel like well as long as i can force myself to function why would i be stigmatized like that and yes i'm tired yes i am exhausted and yes i am i am burning myself out but having that status feels scary to the point that i think it might alienate me even more there's much more that i could say but i've been talking for quite a while already so in light of what i've just said feeling that artistic pride feeling empowered feeling like i belong is not possible owning the label does not unalienate me and quite the opposite by now 
if I feel like I have to be self-accepting, if I feel like I have to be unapologetically myself, and that I am entitled to being mean to others because I shouldn't be expected to mask. And I don't mean mean in a very overt way. You can be mean in ways that are quite subtle. Like, for example, saying, well, but I am autistic, so you cannot expect me to consider your feelings if I react differently from what you expect because the other person has the right to have their own feelings as well. So I don't believe that unmasking unapologetically is something that just comes easily once one has that label because our society doesn't hold a space for you to do that. So you still, unless you're just in a situation where you can completely unmask where you are, for example, with only other neurodivergent people or if you work from home or if you have a very understanding family or circle of, of friends, well, then maybe you can do that. But as long as you have to go out and meet people who are not fully aware of what your reality is it's always a two-way street you cannot expect them to consider your needs and you never consider theirs their feelings and emotions are equally valid of course, the, the neurodivergent person is the one that is more marginalized and more discriminated against. But it cannot be an automatic permission for entitlement. And there's a lot of conflict potential there. And the pressure to be proud of yourself and to be accepting of yourself, no matter what, then starts feeling like toxic positivity. Because the reality is different and you cannot go through life just saying, oh, I found out I'm not a flawed horse, but I'm just a normal zebra. There's this meme about this. Why do you want to label? Well, it because there's so much relief in finding out you're not a, a broken horse, but a, a perfectly normal zebra. But you cannot go through life saying, oh, hey, I'm a zebra and I don't care about any horse anymore. No, it just doesn't work like that. You still need to live with the horses. You still have to make your relationships with the horses work. Unless you're in a space where you don't ever see any horses. But then again, autism is a spectrum. ADHD probably as well it's not framed as a spectrum but I, I think it is but that's just my personal opinion so let's say these are a spectrum so not everybody's the same and it doesn't mean that everything runs smoothly once you get into those spaces I, I, I'm doing um, a class with other autistic people and we are all different <laughs> very strikingly different you can 
Like, if you know what autism is, you can see it in every one of us, but in very different ways. So, and and I'm not saying it's looks, right? It, it's like you, you, if you have very deep knowledge of it, if you really understand it, you can see it because either you have that knowledge or, or because you can relate to it yourself to, to like I mean each and every one of the others in that class have traits I can relate to but then they also have traits I may not have right so there's no monolith of the autistic person so we also don't automatically connect in meaningful ways so in our system, I guess it's fair to say that everybody's alienated to some extent. Uh, if you haven't listened to my episodes two and three together with my friend John, you can go listen to them. Um, we explain what alienation is and how it affects like everybody. So everybody is affected by alienation in some way. I think it's just even worse when you are neurologically different when you don't conform to restrictive norms of which behaviors are adequate recording this wasn't easy for me so this might be a bit all over the place um please bear with me <laughs> and I just want to take the time also to thank those people who have been listening. I, I've just started and I don't have many listeners yet, but I do have some. And I'm very grateful for the time you spend with me, the time you dedicate to listening to me. And uh, if you enjoy what I'm doing, you can also follow me on Instagram. I'll put the link in the description. And uh, thank you for listening. And I hope you'll tune in for the next one.